The text that you are about to hear is by Charles Olavois. To find out more about this Canadian author and his previous books, visit www.charlesolevois.com. This episode is from Goodbye Philippines, a collection of short stories. The book are a fictional construction of exchanges between the author and people living in the Philippines, overseas workers, and Filipino expats. Goodbye Philippines, a podcast collection of short stories by Charles O. Levois. Through Facebook conversations, George, the narrator of Goodbye Philippines, gets glimpses of Filipino lives in the Philippines and among expatriates and overseas foreign workers. As he discovers the sufferings of the younger generation, he is often reminded of the disparity between the deprivations and emotional angst of his youth. On one trip to the Philippines, he is hospitalized in delirium and dependent on local care until he is well enough to fly home. On his return, he shuts everyone out, including Lando, the youth in the Philippines whose college education he paid for. After a long silence, his protege reaches out and the two briefly reunite online. The bond between them is poignant and Lando's longing for a father's substitute is palpable. Will George choose to pull away? Read by Warren Carey and music by Angelico Dayo, executive producer Charles O. Lavoie. Chapter 10 Shackled The following is an abridged story from Goodbye, Philippines. Just as the Red Sea had opened up to let Hebrews flee Egypt without drowning or even wetting their feet, an abyss would occasionally open between George and his Facebook friends, who tended to use emojis and stickers instead of words. He had heard more than once that Filipinos were not all fluent in English, but didn't reveal that to strangers. When newly elected President Rodrigo Duterte started his so-called war on drugs, the nationwide operation provoked outrage in the foreign media about the extrajudicial killings that were occurring on a daily basis. George was curious about how the local population was responding. The day he saw a photo of a man bleeding in the middle of a street with passers-by watching the scene, he decided that it was time to have a discussion with a Filipino. Gilbert Dublado was online. Quite outspoken, the college student from Bacolod City never shied away from any topic. So George messaged him, What do you think of the war on drugs? He is against drugs, criminality, and corruption, Gilbert replied. I'm worried, George wrote. Death seems to be everywhere. While he was chatting, George clicked on a video produced by some who called themselves a supporter of our president. The introductory comment was a kind of homage to the president and the police officers who were putting their own lives at risk. It included mugshots of men with frozen looks staring at the camera and clips showing officers holding citizens in cuffs, pushing them around as if shuffling cards. They are now giving a chance to surrender, Gilbert replied. He is a disciplinarian. Like Marcos? George summoned the courage to type. Teachers are liars, George remained silent. 
I now know Marcos did it well as president. When we were in elementary, we were taught that Marcos are bad. His son will be the next president. He is smart. Whose son? George asked, trying to slow the rapid-fire typing. Marcos' son. But Duterte was elected not very long ago, George interjected. Foreign countries are telling Filipinos what to do. Gilbert was referring to Duterte's outburst following the U.S. president's refusal to sell arms to the Philippines because of human rights violations. George waited, having noticed that his interlocutor was typing another message. The president loves Philippines. He wants respect for our country. We must adjust, for he is a tough talker. The youth, who on issues such as sexual freedom, access to education, and the poor in his country, in previous chats had sounded like he had an open mind, was now following the party line. Somewhat shaken by Gilbert's astonishing deference for the new boss, George decided not to stir the pot and risk being perceived as just another biased foreigner. Instead, he asked, How are your studies? I need to sleep, Gilbert replied. The next second, he was offline. George clicked on his laptop's toolbar to check the time in the Philippines. It was currently 1.32 a.m. This had happened to George before. An interlocutor would abruptly turn the switch off, putting an end to an exchange that was illuminating and that he wished to pursue. Annoyed, George wrote, Good night. Debating with himself whether he would stay online or turn off the computer, George scrolled down the list of Facebook users currently online. He saw the name Tiger Phoenix, a middle-aged man who was a combination of teacher and student support at the Iloilo Business and Technology College, where his protege Lando was studying. They had met once during one of George's visits to the Philippines, and they'd had chatted on a few occasions since then. George waved at him. Tiger Phoenix waved back and wrote, Hi! It's 1.40 a.m. in the Philippines, George typed. What are you doing? Nothing. Please don't worry about my text all in capital letters. I just have a hard time with small letters with this teary eyes. I am a writer, and I love stories, George responded. If you have the chance of writing about me, what would it be, or how would it start? A man who is afraid of falling in love, i.e. losing control, George responded. He was throwing a line into the water, ready to try with something else if Tiger Phoenix didn't take the bait. Losing control is negative. I might fall and bleed and get killed. In response, George sent the emoji of a face with tears flowing. What are you doing? George asked, how is Jay? Tiger Phoenix had mentioned Jay in a previous communication, and before him, there was the letter R. He's at their place. Haven't seen each other for two weeks. How many letters in your alphabet? George asked. Ha 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 Anyway, I am so glad to have chatted with you. I must sleep work tomorrow. George looked at the clock on the computer control bar. It was 1.54 a.m. in the Philippines. Good night, he wrote, feeling resentful, as if he'd never experienced this kind of abrupt departure on Facebook before. Shackled. Through Facebook, he was peeking into the lives of Filipinos in their own country 
and those living abroad. At first documentary, wasn't he a writer? His interest had transformed itself. The sufferings, both past and present, of the people he was daily interacting with reminded him of the deprivations and emotional angst of his own childhood and youth. Like millions of social media users, he had made himself into an avatar, asking for likes and emojis and in search of a playmate. When a particular one was not online, the automaton would look for someone else. The craving that fed on itself never went away. Was this a punishment by a resentful Zeus? George recalled the image of Prometheus bound to a stake on Mount Caucasus with an eagle eating his liver which kept regenerating itself, came to George's mind. He logged out, distraught. Thank you for listening to this chapter of Goodbye Philippines. Here are some questions from the author, and here are some thoughts to ponder. 1. How many hours a day do you spend online? Do you turn your phone off when you go to bed? 2. Do you prefer having friends or followers on Facebook, and why? How many do you have? 3. Do you post your private thoughts and worries on Facebook? Do you share photos of yourself with friends or relatives? Do you only use Messenger? We'd love to hear from you. To share your thoughts and your answers to the questions, email charlesolavoie at gmail.com. Want to receive updates about future episodes of Goodbye Philippines? Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Also, feel free to share the link to this episode with your friends and on social media. If you love Goodbye Philippines, check out www.charlesolavoie.com for info on Charles's other published works. A link is provided in the description. Until next time. <laughs>